Hello, this is Cass from Community Cauldron. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Community Cauldron podcast. Here again in season zero is one of my best friends, Jen, and we are joining up for this very exciting project called The Artist's Arcana, where we are traveling through each of the energetic archetypes of the major arcana and having a conversation about what the invitations are of working with this energy especially in our current life here on earth and this is becoming a really lovely project that we're working on together and we have recently recommitted to our plans to turn this project into a deck if you haven't actually had a chance to check out the beautiful artworks that Jen is creating out of our conversations I would really encourage you to do that you can find them on my Instagram at community.cauldron or we have a YouTube channel at the same name I am so excited to keep going and after the wild waters of the high priestess last week we were very pleased to be in the empress energy and i'm excited to share our conversation with you it was a a really good one and it went across a lot of different topics and themes and we you know got into some of our sacred rage as well uh, which is an important part of the venus energy that is associated both with the empress card and also taurus season which is the season that we're in as we recorded this episode in may 2020 so i hope that you really get something out of this and that you can continue to connect with the themes of creativity collaboration and consciousness and stay tuned for more updates on the project the artists arcana and also on Yeah, any of the other exciting projects that we've got coming up, you can have a look at our website, www.communitycauldron.com to check out some of the free offerings and the paid offerings that are available. And if there's anything that you'd love to see uh, covered in an episode, then please don't hesitate to get in touch with me. You can reach me at hello at communitycauldron.com or via Instagram. Have a lovely, lovely episode and... Be well. I had it on the, the table the last time and then the audio was really crap because it was too far away. So I'm like trying to have yeah. it a little bit closer this time. Yeah. And I remember there was a point where mine like ran out of battery last time and I like specifically tried to like quietly put it on charge. <laughs> and I think it I was like, this is probably going to be pretty shit. But then I'm also just like, uh oh. Like, even the last one, I came away having these kind of waves of shame. It was quite mm-hmm. interesting. And maybe that's also because it got pretty deep, you know? Like, we were kind of like, oof, we're in the, we're in the darkness, we're in the underground, we're in the water. Um, and because we were, you know, I guess sharing like vulnerably. Um, I did find after that one, I kind of came away and was like, oh God, I hope I didn't ruin that (laughs) with the things I said. Um, But I probably was more likely to be ruining it with the tech sounds. (laughs) 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 That's the one that's actually bad. Whereas, you know, the the speaking is fine. Who knows? (laughs) Yep. I agree. I also was like, oh, is anyone going to want to listen to us just sort of like 
underwater being like, I've been crying. I was on my period. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's, um, it's, it's important. It's important to do the things that make us feel like we're vulnerable because yeah, vulnerability isn't necessarily a problem. It's just really hard. (laughs) And the more people do it, I think the more, it normalizes stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, being able to say, I'm bleeding out of my orifice, direct quote, by the way, from last episode from me. (laughs) Um, You know, that's something that we should be able to share about and say, this thing is making me feel really not okay. And I can't just pretend, or I could, but I don't want to just pretend like everything's normal because it's not, that's a really intense thing that's occurring. Um, Mm -hmm. And also same thing with this pandemic it's like yeah i could just say everything's fine and kosher but at the end of the day it's a global pandemic and even though day to day i'm finding joy and able to connect with you know relationships that i care about and meaningful work and delicious food cooked by my partner uh, it's still really hectic and it's still all of this shit that's going on that isn't normal so yeah i think the more we can actually name it when that stuff is occurring and be empowered to do that in community and know that the people around us are actually gonna hear that and honor it i think that's really cool the empress the empress wow very different vibes to the empress than high priestess do you feel any different to when we spoke last honestly thankfully yes (laughs) Um, I feel a sense of hope again, which I think, you know, last time I was definitely on the boat holding on for dear life to the edge and going, just hang in there. It's, you know, changed before and it will again. Um, But yeah, something for me, thankfully has shifted and I do feel like hey, look at these opportunities and possibilities in my life amidst, you know, all of the other things that are going on there still. And even like in some ways, I don't know whether this has been happening for other people. I'm sure it has. But just having a loss of your livelihood and work is a real whammy to your (laughs) sense of self and sense of worth and so that's something i've been finding is just like if i am not this identity in the world where i do this work and that's how i contribute and am you know kind of earning my keep in my community it's really hard to feel like well i'm i'm allowed to be here at all you know um and I, I feel like that is a bit empress, you know? It's kind of like, well, look at the abundant life on this exquisite earth and the ridiculousness <laughs> and immensity of the universe or multiverse, if you want to go there. And it, things don't exist with a price tag apart from in the human world, you know? Um, you don't look at the trees and go like, oh, you know, listen, listen, you're taking up a lot of space there. Maybe you should like cut back on the number of species. That's a bit excessive. You know, it's like, woohoo. This is beautiful, abundant, exquisite, loving aliveness, um, which 
it's kind of nice to reconnect with the feeling of like, it's okay for me to exist, you know? Lord forbid it's good, but just begin with okay, you know? It's all right for me to exist. I have a right to exist. I have a right to be here. So I feel a right to be here in this moment and it's a real relief to have that feeling. You give me goosebumps. Oh, good. <laughs> That's just such potent medicine and such a joy to hear that shift, you know, as, as much as we've discussed, it's okay and normal to be on the boat and under the water. It's still not comfortable, like we said, and it's a real joy to be able to notice and name that shift that you've felt. And I love what you're saying about the, the trees and, and all of that abundant life that is able to just spring forth and exist in, in nature without the tree needing to pay rent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to show in some financial way that it has a right to be where it just is. And mm -hmm. like you say, just feeling really, you know, there's still all of what we've talked about before about how it feels to be here on this land and when when there's so much loaded up with all of that but that doesn't mean that you as a human person are not entitled to be here and the fact that there's so much about our culture and everything that would see everything through this highly financial um, lens it doesn't actually mean that when you're not participating in the economic systems or when the economic systems don't exist in the same way that all of this other value then doesn't exist because finances is just one way that we can look at value. And these things are all super relevant to the Empress. The Empress is the th number three in, in the, in the major arcana and it really is connected to these themes of, value and resourcing and abundance and what it is that we are able to be, I guess, permissioned in, in terms of our own receiving as well. Um, the ways in which we receive value from the world, the ways in which we ourselves are giving that as well, this giving and receiving function is an enormous part of just how we are in relationship and how we are in reciprocity and how we are in community with the world around us, the natural world, other people and all elements. Um, but there's such a distortion of that. And this is very relevant. We're in Taurus season right now. The Empress is one of the cards that we can associate to the season of Taurus because the ruling planet of Empress or the, the planet that is associated to the, the card of the Empress and is associated to the card of, uh, to the sign of Taurus is the planet Venus. And Venus is really like, you know, many people might recognize Venusian qualities as those of love and beauty and relationship, artistic qualities. And this isn't only romantic love by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this is our heart function as a whole, right? The ability to receive with our heart 
what it is that is in this world around us, the gifts of nature, the gifts of our own um, resources, the gifts of our natural talents, the gifts of art and beauty and music, the gifts of our beautiful relationships with one another in which we feel held, um, not all the time, right? But that there is that capacity that we have, that heart function. And the planet Venus actually is the only planet that, well, actually there's three planets that can penetrate this kind of heart space. And I call this heart space, it's this, the heart space of our solar system, which is sort of the area between the sun and the earth. Um, and that's, you know, Venus and Mars and Mercury. And of all of those, Venus gets the closest to earth, right? Venus can actually penetrate the heart space of this planet, this place where we live, right? That's what this earth is. It is the place where we live. And it is Venus that is able to really come as close as any planet can into that space. And in this receptive place, we're actually able to um, be reminded that, you know, there's intimacy that can occur between each other, between us and the natural world. And that in that there's so much of value that doesn't have a price tag on it. And there's so much in our relationships with one another as well um, that is of value that doesn't have a price tag on it. And again, that doesn't have to only be the good stuff. There's a lot that's really difficult in our relatedness with one another that also has value. Um, and again, you know, we talked a little bit about productivity last week and what is counted as productive and all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, this is sort of that beautiful vision of the pro productive qualities of resting the productive qualities of luxuriating at times when we can of enjoying the harvest of actually being in this lushness of this beautiful world around us and the lushness of our relationships in which we're able to give but also to receive these beautiful um, qualities these beautiful amazing kinds of experiences and to do that in a way that doesn't necessarily have an easy financial corollary. Um, so I love that you're talking about being able to come into a greater awareness of your own inherent and intrinsic value when so many of these things around us that we've used to measure things like that, whether even when we don't agree with them, when we're, they're not part of our values, right? And I'll come back to the idea of Taurus season right now because Taurus is a fixed earth energy um, and it really speaks to these themes of our material life here on earth, um, but also of what it is that we value and how it is that we're able to be resourced to enact our values and to use our resources in ways that are in line with our values. But mm -hmm. the polar sign of Taurus is actually Scorpio and in the second house is the Taurus house and the eighth house is the um, Scorpio house. And the second house of Taurus is kind of our values. What is of value to us in this much more kind of personal way? Again, it can be stuff that relates to the collective and to the broader pictures and the broader themes, but the eighth house, the opposite, that's other people's values. And so we can really understand that when we are in, in, a community when we are in relationship with the world around us and with others there are all these ways in which we are kind of 
surrounded by values that are not necessarily our own and that those become um, part of the very structure around us and they become in a lot of ways that are really hidden as well because the, the eighth house and the the sign of scorpio is really connected to what is deep under the surface and what is hidden and it's a water sign instead of an earth sign so it's actually more about this kind of emotional principle these sorts of feeling bodies that we have scorpio is our emotions and our feeling bodies and our values that are deeply hidden from us in a lot of ways that maybe are at some kind of core level um, not ours and that they have been developed over a long period of time over many generations over many thousands of years even um, in ways where yeah we're actually looking at the world around us and we're not necessarily able to see the ways in which all of these other people's values and all of these other cultural values and over cultural values are permeating us and are hooking us and are entangling us because this is like imagine um in the rapunzel story i always remember all the thicket of the the bushes that had grown with all the thorns and everything that kind of plant i used to have a bougainvillea at one of my old houses that would just it was just overgrown it was this psychic plant who was just holding all of this intensity it was such an intense time in my life and it was so full of these thorns and if you tried to cut it back it would like spike you and it, it, it would just grow even faster and so I think about this kind of image of like all these places where you know we might be trying to kind of move through that but we keep getting hooked you know it hooks our hair and it hooks our clothing and you know we don't even necessarily get to be aware of that because it's happening on this very deep level so I love this idea of kind of entering into a place in which we're more able to connect to what is my set of values and what is it that is being kind of um, dis disrupted about my sets of values because of these overcultural values around me, because of all of these hidden hooks that are everywhere um, in ways that like I'm getting hooked on levels of my awareness that are so under the surface and that when they come up, there is this deep shame and there is this deep kind of um, feeling of like fear, true like dread. And that stuff is occurring because of these things that are not necessarily ours and doesn't mean that we don't experience them just as potently, but that, you know, those things can really be supported. Like shame doesn't, doesn't survive in the sunlight right? Even by being able to name that feeling that you had of feeling ashamed about our conversation in these various ways, I'm able to then say, oh, I actually felt that too in these ways. And it's a shared shame. It's out in the sunlight then. And like so many things, you know, the sunlight, it, it illuminates it and it kind of doesn't allow that particular kind of energy to, to persist in the same way. It's not always fully transmuted, but you know, that's what Scorpio does is it transmutes this stuff. So when we're in Taurus, we always can look to Scorpio for messages and for insights into how we can then integrate better understanding. So I think being in this season of Taurus and being in this kind of um, card of the Empress at that same time, these are all really profound invitations that all of us will be having as we move through this season. And this is all stuff that really relates to what we talked about when we talked about the new moon in Aries and how those themes will be holding throughout the whole year. If you think about it, 
when we're in Aries and we say, whoop, I'm awake, I'm here, I'm a consciousness, I'm, I'm, I'm me, it's me. Then when we get into Taurus, it comes right next. And we're still in that kind of youth in a way. We're still kind of at that stage of like, I'm a toddler, it's mine, my resources, what it is that is in my environment, right? And when we look to the opposite sign of Taurus, sorry, of Scorpio, which comes right after the sign of Libra, which was the one where we're looking at what is ours and the ways in which we are not just a me or an I, but a we, then that's when we can really recognize the ways in which when we have to share resources, when we are in relationship with other people, things get a lot more complicated. Things get a lot more intense. They get a lot more hooked a lot more entangled. There is a lot more difficulty then to sort of understand how it is that we are going to safely navigate resources and all of those sorts of things like our values, because maybe your values and my values are not the same. And maybe your relationship to your resources and our resources is different to mine because of all of these different reasons, but also because we have to actually share and resources, especially as we can understand how they've been kind of treated in our, you know, the society I can speak to is as a, a proxy for power. So the ways in which we are able to access resources, whether those are natural resources in the earth, our own personal natural gifts that we have, you know, the ways in which one person is psychologically resourced because they've got a supportive framework around them, such as a cultural sort of fit that is actually supportive to their well-being. It changes the ways in which we relate to resources as they are a proxy for power. And so many times, rather than using our resources as a community and as a collective, again, this is the, the context I can speak to, rather than using that to greater kind of empower and to better empower everybody, there's often this other sort of dynamic that occurs in which instead it gets, these get used in this extractive way and then hoarded by particular people in order that they can also then hoard power that is associated with that. And, you know, power is not inherently a negative force. In fact, our personal resources and our personal power in that we are able to, and we'll talk about this in the, in the emperor, but, you know, being able to actually hold our power in a way that is not harmful to others or ourselves is something that many of us have never learned. And so really being able to sort of just frame some of what we'll probably keep talking about in this episode and also in the rest of this series is how we then kind of move to the next phase in which we're relating to our personal and collective and shared resources and doing so and relating to each other, right, in ways that feel um, and are less harmful and are using power in these less horrific ways and in doing that to be able to sort of actually better honor the fact that we are not alone here on earth we're actually in an exquisite array of community with each other with the world around us with the land with the plants with the trees with other planets in our solar system you know and with other galaxies and other multiverses you know as you said but it's really something to kind of just be aware of as we're in this Taurus season is that when we then shift from like, it's not just me, Aries, it's actually we, Libra. And here we 
are also then needing to reckon with. It's not just mine, it's ours. And so that's when we kind of get into Taurus Scorpio. And this is really hard shit because again, if I've come from a scenario where it's like, I've got all these fears around my resources because I never have had enough because my ancestors didn't have enough because you know they were in this position or that position or whatever else it is, it's not going to be easy. Or even just in my own life in this lifetime, right? I, I didn't feel like I was able to get the resources. When, when things were sh- like cut up and, and divided, I didn't feel that it was fair. I never got enough time with my, my caregiver. I never got enough you know, love from my friends. I never, whatever it is, whatever the stories we have and whatever the very real experiences we've had. But again, this is coming through a lens that's a little bit younger. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying that you know, this is not about sun sign astrology. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're not talking about you're a Taurus and therefore you're a toddler and you only think about things as mine, mine, mine. That's not how I'm talking about this. I'm talking about this in a much kind of broader um, brush strokes way because we all have every single one of these energies in our chart. Everywhere in our chart, we're seeing different parts of this beautiful wheel. And that's again why we're trying to come into this greater synthesis part of that synthesis involves better kind of coming into a relationship with our own ability to give and to receive and to do that in a way that honors what it is that is actually shared about our experience and about our resources and all the ways in which some of the fears that we have do kind of benefit from a more loving uh, relationship primarily to ourselves because it's there that we really have to start always but that in that we can then become in a more uh become able to be in a more loving and trusting relationship with the world around us and trust that we are not only ever going to give 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 or take 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 but that there's actually again this kind of infinity loop situation where we're able to move between both of these things and we're able to actually trust that you know, when we're on one side of that, that we are going to be able to come back into the other side. Just like when we were afraid, when we were in the boat or when we're in the ocean, if I feel this, will I ever stop feeling this? If I go to bed now and, and rest, will I ever get up again? If I let myself not be quote unquote productive in these ways, will I ever stop being productive? In these same sorts of things continue to exist in other parts of our experience. If I allow myself to give Will I ever receive again? Or actually, and this might be a a hot take or a bit of a surprising thing, but I I don't think so. And this is also really socialized as well. I want to flag, but you know, there's also for a lot of people, myself included, it's actually much easier for me to give than it is for me to receive. And it's much more kind of safe for me to be in a cycle of overgiving and not ever receiving uh, what I need, because that's in a way kind of, something that feels safe to me because when I receive, I don't always know what I'm signing on for. I don't always know which of those hooks is actually going to be the one that is going to be getting in me. And then what I'm going to quote, like, owe to somebody or even it's less even conscious or story told than that, you know, it's much more primal where it's like, what is it that I'm going to have taken from me if I consent to this giving or sorry, what is it? Yeah. If I consent to this receiving, what strings are attached? What, what is loaded into this kind of energy of receiving? And I think this is socialized in a lot of people more than others, right? I think this can be a really gendered, like socialized gendered thing. 
certainly it's something that a lot of the people I know that were socialized kind of as females experience this where it's not very easy for them to receive um, and especially to receive things like pleasure uh, to actually feel safe to yield and to be in that receptive mode and that's very understandable because that's definitely something that hasn't been honored or made easy for a lot of people a lot of people across all kinds of continuums of experience um, and identity there's so much difficulty that can come up around the idea that i am worthy to receive and that i am able to trust that i might be able to safely receive especially when what it is that i might be receiving is something good or something pleasurable because many times if we've been in a situation where we're very used to feeling afraid and very used to feeling hooked in these ways and um, shat on honestly by so much of the world around us and we we're so used to being in a chronic cycle of overgiving and never receiving our, our brains which love familiarity they go this is not familiar to me I hate it I'm gonna die I'm not safe and I think it's a really it's a really big conversation to have around that and you know the empress does connect us to this idea because I don't know if you can see the empress on the card this figure which again we're not going to only treat this this card named the empress as a female figure gender isn't a thing let's just reiterate that in the tarot this is an energy that's available to everybody, but it's certainly one in which this figure is luxuriating in this beautiful robe. This is, I'm describing the Smith Rider Waite deck. This figure is luxuriating in this fucking robe covered in, I think they're pomegranates or flowers of some degree. Um, there's the Venus symbol is on the card encased in a love heart. And this figure is on this like, not a throne it's more like a palanquin with you know all of these big cushions and lush blankets and there's all of this beautiful foliage around um all these trees this figure is wearing this crown covered in stars and there's all of this it looks like wheat in the front so again we're really coming into a lot of this energy of pleasure and of our sense-based experience which is very taurian energy our senses here on earth our material physical body and how it is able to feel good and held and pleasurable which again is stuff that's really 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 hard for a lot of people and stuff that has been you know systematically denied from a lot of people because you know if you're always being kept working and productive according to an industrial schedule you're probably not going to luxuriate on your lunch break that's 15 20 30 minutes oh so true i just i just love the word luxuriate as well <laughs> said that i was like that is absolutely what is happening on that card that's the vibe yeah how lovely yeah something that you were saying that resonated with my understanding of the empress was definitely the thing of receiving and the the discomfort we feel around that 
and the challenges we have around that is it's very complex isn't it very complex for all different people in all different ways but yeah I think that's really like it's an interesting thing because obviously everything that comes from the universe and earth is just created by this incredible force of creation and the earth is incredibly abundant and receiving as in like it's almost like we've had this really corrupted perception of what receiving is you know and it almost feels like this is just something that I was thinking as you were talking about kind of like the shame and the guilt around taking is it feels very like judeo-christian to me it's very sin and Mm. don't you dare enjoy yourself you you, yeah don't enjoy that garden because guess what eve ate that apple and and (laughs) sorry you fucked now um so (laughs) it's kind of really kind of heavy it doesn't even feel like it's from my own lifetime or you know it's just this weird imprint it's like this imprinted cultural artifact social cultural artifact of like shame and guilt and a feeling of being like bad and sinful even sin you know like i i have a very complex and and really joy joyful experience of my own belief systems which i've kind of explored and constructed in my own ways um and it's very much not based in um you know there's aspects that are connected to certain kind of christian values and and like love you know that's i'm really keen on that um uh but yeah it's really sticky that's a real hook and then there's also this kind of yeah there's like the you have to work to survive and there's an aspect of that that is understandable and you know like you do you do and you certainly do (laughs) you certainly (laughs) bloody well do Um, but there's also it's I don't know, there's just so many levels and layers to that which are so foggy and complex and just don't feel, they feel like a little, like they're tacked on to source and the soul. Does that make sense? It's like, it's this delicious, pure, abundant love, this infinite love and the expression of love in existence and creation of all names of things, even viruses come from love. (laughs) This this loving, abundant source that doesn't doesn't discriminate between something that's gonna harm humans or not, you know? It's like, that can exist, this can exist, that can exist, this can exist. why, Why not this thing too? Anyway, that's my own kind of personal feeling around what I guess source or God or you know the universe is Uh, and that's like very personal we all have our own um, perceptions of what 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 we're in we all have our own ideas of of the soup 
um, <laughs> what kind of soup we're in. Are we in a chicken corn? Are we in a minestrone? You know, are we in a pumpkin? Um, so, yeah. But anyway, that's my soup. Is like I love that. I love that. <laughs> Very tourist season to a food metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also a bit hungry, so that's part of it. I'm like, mmm, soup. <laughs> yes, abundant, loving, generous sauce. So delicious. Um, and then, yeah, like it just feels kind of like this massive tacked on also like it's very nervous system. It's kind of like the, it's the complex relationship between our soul, which is this infinite thing or not thing. It's just this infinite existence. And then the nervous system, which is like, fuck, I need to get the resources or I'm going to die and I need to negotiate this landscape and environment and the relationships I have between myself and my communities and the power structures that are here, whatever they are in order to exist as well. You know, it's like if I piss the people in power off, then I'm going to get sent off to die alone in the desert or something. That's my kind of feeling. It's like, don't, don't upset people because you're going to be, um, I don't know, just like sent off. You're going to lose, lose the love of the people you love and they're going to abandon you. Are you going to be abandoned or killed? It kind of boils down to those things. Um, and they feel like that, fear which is really legitimate and very complex and comes from many different sources and 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 is different for everyone you know how that plays out or has played out but yeah like they they're really different feelings it's almost a little bit as well you know last week we were talking about being on the boat on the surface of the water with the hectic waves and being the ocean it's like the experience of being the abundant amnes that is you know empress energy of like i am and i am that and that and that and this and me and that and that tree and the mountains and the everything and then i'm gonna die if i don't sort this out or say this the right way or yeah Anyway, that's just something that came out from my own <laughs> ramblings. So, yeah. It's so relevant, though. And I think, I think that what you're saying about that kind of biblical hangover, right, it's this feeling of, okay, so I'm in this beautiful garden and I'm going to eat the apple okay, yeah, this apple looks delicious. Yes, it's going to give me like this beautiful, tasty tree and all its nourishment and maybe it will help me gain higher wisdom and blah, blah, blah. Yum, I'm going to take a bite. Get out of the garden now! It's so fucked! It's messed up. Who benefits from that, right? <laughs> having that metaphor of the apple and the wisdom and all of that, right? It, it it is. It's like 
that is the story from the Old Testament, but that has then been traveled and kept in all of these stories since. And it'd be interesting, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the um, Hierophant, which comes this the number five. When we are not encouraged and when we are actively discouraged from accessing the fruits of this world, whether those fruits are our pleasure that we can just get from our own body, whether that's you know the pleasure we can get from the beauty of the world around us, from our creative functions, whether those are you know the creative functions of like drawing or writing or just being in community or you know the creative functions of like actually I I created a being inside myself and then I popped it out into the world, which obviously not everybody wants to or can do, but you know we are creative. We are creative beings. Like we said, being alive is a creative act. It's what we said in the, in the magician. And so the fact that there's all of this grief and trauma around our ability to access the fruits of that beautiful, creative, alive world that is ourself and everything around us. The fact that we can get kicked out of the garden for just eating the apple and, you know, wanting to, to know more about this precious place that we live is really fucked up. And the people that have over the the years benefited from that, like this is Catholic church bullshit, you know? And again, I'm speaking to this kind of Judeo Christian context because it, it is very relevant to my own lineage, but it really has this hangover in so many parts of our culture and so many parts of, you know, the culture that I am steeped in here in, in Australia, but it really would have have us not enjoy any of the things until we can wait till we're dead, at which point we're going to be in heaven and then you can enjoy it all. If you dare to taste the fruit now of, you know, the world around you or of your own precious pleasure, then you are condemned to a lifetime of damnation and suffering. Now, again, who benefits from that? a pleasure filled society a people in which there is like you know access to pleasures in whatever forms that people want it right because not everybody connects to sexual pleasure in that way and not everybody connects to romantic love in these ways okay so that's we know that that's not all we're talking about but just the pleasure of life itself and of our material surroundings of our embodied life because this energy of the empress and of taurus are such embodied energies and again the sight of the body is a sight of so much grief and so much trauma for so many people that this idea of being able to also have this receptive capacity for other things like pleasure you know when those are the same things that have been punished you know a a society in which people are empowered to access pleasure freely often again it's like well you won't ever go back to work if I've you know given you time off if you're given time to relax you will never go and be productive again and the thing is that's just not true yeah people probably won't go back and be productive in the same ways that we've been told are productive because those are actually really de- like deleterious to our well-being most of the time you know being on a schedule a time schedule that's not supportive to our well-being being you know told when and where to do different things when actually many of us have our own rhythms like we talked about with the high priestess um, and rhythms that are more in connection with nature like people actually 
have, and this is more kind of sixth house and Virgo energy, and I'm a Virgo sun, so I, this is a really big part of my life force. You know, we live to create and we live to sort of work and be of service to things that we value. It's just that according to the system we're kind of in, we don't get to choose to be of service to the things that we value. In fact, we have to sort of like contort ourselves to actually generate capital in order to be able to pay for what we do value by engaging with systems and behaviors and the sorts of work that we don't necessarily value that doesn't actually pull you know, from those rich inner resources that are actually, you know, not just lazy motherfuckers, right? Like, and that's the thing. It's like all of that self-punishment and self kind of like lack of valuing of those things. They don't necessarily come from us. They come from all of these stories around, you know, what it is to be lazy, like what it is to be productive, what it is to be a valuable member of the team, you know, to go to work and to do the things that you hate or to like be proud of the fact that you've worked for, you know, 90 hours this week, right? It's just insanity. It's insanity in which that is the culture and that is the sort of version of, of success that we're honoring. One in which, you know, to to deny and destroy your very own body for the sake of, again, shareholder value or for the sake of, you know, meeting these ridiculous financial kinds of um, metrics that are in place that are completely artificial. You know, all money is a fiction. This is 100% the truth, a useful fiction in a lot of ways. We've had systems of currency and exchange using many different proxies, resources, again, power, trading this shell with that shell because it's saying this is a value. And so I will, I will, you know, use this to show that I am, you know, I'm, I'm able to sort of pay for this thing or like, you know, Oh, my dowry is how many sheep I'm a transaction. I am, you know, being married off to somebody as somebody else's like, property like when we've had all of these experiences of ourselves, and when we've had all of these messages carried through our lineage and our history and our present and past versions of our cultures of course we are kind of numbed and dissociated and kind of blocked off and of course we kind of internalize some of that as well it's like i don't even deserve to have the apple i don't even deserve to have the knowledge i don't even deserve to have the rest i don't even deserve to have the pleasure because even if I did deserve it, if I do it, I'm always doing it with this taboo and this potential like guillotine hanging over my head that I'm going to be condemned to a lifetime of being punished in some hellscape that is created to keep us in line, to keep us moving in the ways that it serves people in power to be moving. Right. And this, yeah, again, it's just such Catholic church bullshit. And we're under the, the kind of thrall of capitalism now. But prior to that, that was kind of, it was the Catholic church and Catholicism and all of the toxic shit to do with that, that was really the power center and the, 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 the collective kind of uh, structure that was being brought into and which kind of permeated and infiltrated every aspect of life so i guess yeah i really resonate with the way that you're bringing that sort of part up because this idea of sin this idea of um, pleasure or enjoyment as sinful and that it is somehow opposite to work i hate that i'm like interested in how we redefine things like work and um the kinds of 
ways that we are able to use our precious resources, including our personal energy, in order to put things towards what is of value to us. And I think this is part of the tremendous opportunity that is also present in this intensity that we're experiencing is this way to sort of redefine how we actually share with one another, how we actually value each other's work, each other's labor, each other's outputs, each other's goods. You know, we've been so lucky in my household, that we're in this beautiful community of people who honor each other by sharing their resources in these really lovely ways. You know, we've had a friend bring around 12 kilos of flour and then my partner has been making incredible bread and bagels and cinnamon rolls. And, you know, we can share those with people. We've had beautiful Indonesian tonic brought around that is an immune support from another great friend who, you know, is, is helping our immune system with what it is that is their like sacred knowing from their lineage. And, you know, we're able to then offer as well, like our own sort of trade with that in which we're offering our time or we're offering, you know, conversations that, that are supportive or, you know, a tarot reading or whatever it is, um, that there is value in all of these different sorts of resources and that we're able to sort of exist a little bit further away from maybe some of the the um, only financial ways of, of sharing with one another and of honoring one another and of being able to get what it is that we need because you're right we do need to do some kind of labor in order to be able to survive in this world because we can't get by alone but it's just that that labor and the way that that labor is compensated under our system at the moment is so skewed to just financial ways of honoring that and of just honoring financially certain kinds of labor look right now we're having this conversation in australia about schools opening or staying closed or to what extent we're able to do that and it's a highly economic issue you know almost as if hmm people are doing labor that is valuable when they take your children and they educate them almost as if mm, 16% of the workforce is actually um, in, a, in a situation where they're actually responsible. They're the primary carer for a dependent child. Hmm, isn't that interesting? We're going to make childcare free because we realize now that it's actually really difficult to participate in our economic system when you have caring responsibilities. Hmm, isn't it interesting that 16% number actually goes up to 30% when you're in health and social care environments? It's because those are the people that tend, and this like isn't only, but is definitely partly gendered in our society, right? Because who tends to actually exist in those, those um, workforces? You know, teachers and nurses were two of the first professions that women were actually allowed to go into two of the first places in which they were first able to actually then go and start to get that access to capital and we know that yeah i could go on about this forever and it's not quite you know what we're talking about exactly but it's relevant it's the issues that exist around the structures and you know the ways in which it's like mm, yeah people are doing free labor all the fucking time and undervalued and underpaid labor all the fucking time because this is not the kind of shit that is seen as valuable in our society the kind of work that healers do the kind of work that teachers do outside of you know some of what is um what is viewed as valuable kinds of uh, education to, to it's it's just 
so frustrating to sort of look at that and to see all the ways in which these things are so patently out of balance. And then instead of, you know, having a response that is sensible, what does the government decide to do? We're going to reopen the schools and we're going to give $16 billion worth of incentives to private and independent schools. This rage, this sacred rage, this rage in which it's like, we all deserve to luxuriate at times. We all deserve to feel pleasure at times. We all deserve to be able to access our heart function and be able to be in loving community and relationship with each other and the world around us such that we can be supported to become the best version of ourselves such that we can share endlessly from the gifts that we have that are generative gifts that fill us with energy rather than destroy us that actually like you know, so much of going and participating in these structures out there that are like, you know, the structures that are the status quo, they rely on us to actually destroy this physical body and to be completely cut off from our ability to feel anything that is pleasurable or to honor that when, when it does come up and to instead just put all of these stories about how shameful and how sinful and how fucking lazy we are. It just makes me so mad. And um, I, yeah, I just, I really think that it's, it's so political. Of course, everything is, but you know, and again, this relates to like who is allowed to access these parts of themselves and who is pathologized and who is punished for doing that and wanting to do it, not even actually doing it, but even wanting to do it, even having that little thought come up. I actually would like to rest. I actually would like to masturbate. I actually would like to whatever it is, you know, that is your jam, the thing that makes you feel pleasure, the thing that makes you feel lit up in your heart um, and the thing that makes you able to actually like be a receptive human being because a receptive human being is one that is able to listen as well as speak. So in honor of that, I'm going to like stop ranting, but yeah, there's just so much here. And so I really agree with you about that whole hangover from mm -hmm. this sort of Judeo-Christian bullshit. Mm. And just as you were just at the end there in the Passover, um, <laughs> I was getting this kind of sense of the, you know, talking of the, I'm just using these words to try and make sense of the feelings around them you know the feeling of the soul or the feeling of the nervous system or the body and that there's different kinds of pleasures with them and there's the energy behind certain pleasures can be like i am not okay and i need so much of it and all of this thing now so that i can fucking cope with this feeling and the the kind of feeling of then indulging in the pleasure that's there can be quite destructive for our bodies and for our lives and and relationships and things you know like when we're there's a certain kind of and these words are loaded as well the word pleasure is so loaded because we often associate it with negative things you know it's like if you're guilty if you're pleasure Guilty pleasures. Oh, I'm so naughty. I had a chocolate cake for lunch, you know? The kind of like, I'm bad for having whatever. But yeah, that like in some ways because our souls are so starved by our system, we are seeking 
some kind of comfort and it makes so much sense. And I'm not about to tell anyone to stop eating their chocolate cake or drinking their wine or anything, whatever, you know, like we all need to cope somehow. But the quality of those pleasures and the quality of taking something into our bodies, whether it's whatever it is, there's different kind of feelings that we get. Does that make sense? Like there's certain, there's certain things that we might engage in. I'm just speaking from my own experience, you know, like there's certain things that I'll do and I'll be like, I feel crap. I'm going to do this because I want to, and it's going to be nice. And then it's pleasing. But then afterwards I'm like, oh, yuck, I feel ill or, you know, like whatever it is. Or I, I haven't slept at all because I stayed up all night watching this, you know, ridiculous show, um, for instance. And then the next day, oh, I'm finding it really hard to concentrate on things that are meaningful to me. <laughs> what a shame. Um, those kind of things um, where I feel like our particularly, you know, like good old Western culture, society, and also within capitalism, we're told, hey, buy things, consume, consume things, something that you have to pay for it, the better, you know, because then someone makes money from it. We're not really supported, and even in the education system, like how frequently were, were we guided or scaffolded or supported in finding solace or peace or comfort through activities and experiences, you know? We were very rarely taught that. And for a lot of us, you know, our ancestors and our families did not know how to do that either you know <laughs> to like necessarily healthily soothe their own nervous systems and bodies in order to reconnect with our souls and to reconnect with you know the earth and the universe and the human family that we're part of so anyway just that kind of i felt like there's there's a different quality between certain types of pleasure and that we're very much encouraged and taught to seek things that don't necessarily really nurture us you know and it's a really hard it's a it's a big long journey of of trying to find what are the things that do actually truly benefit my mind and my body and my heart and my soul and my family and community and f relationships you know the people that i'm connected to what is actually beneficial to these things when we've been it's so loaded there's so many things where it's like well this is good you do the nine to five job and or nine to eight at night job and shut up and don't have feelings and don't share your feelings and that's what's good for you and, you know, we've been taught so many lies and so many, like, well-meaning, unfortunately, <laughs> such well-meaning lies from our loved ones and our, our culture and society that really is doing its absolute best, um, but just so misguided in so many ways. <laughs>
And um, how can we be finding as much as possible ways to reconnect with like empress pleasure, empress abundance, which for me, like very much when I'm in nature, I feel that is a super nurturing experience. But everyone's different. Some people will be like, I, I really hate being in nature that doesn't do it for me you know and that's fine we all have different things but yeah like maybe even just practicing that what is it that makes us feel like we're the ocean and not on the boat maybe that's a way of putting it um because there are certain practices or behaviors or like activities that i do that make me feel like i'm on the boat like on my tenterhooks and then other ones that make me feel like I'm the ocean. And I wonder just maybe the Empress is kind of bringing that up for me personally. And maybe for people, if this is resonating with anyone else. Totally. And I think that what you're describing about this kind of grabbing energy of like the moments that you do kind of permission or allow that, engagement with what is kind of pleasurable whether it's actually pleasurable ultimately or not um, but what is kind of perceived as the the thing like the guilty pleasure or the thing that's going to be a, a balm or that's going to help or that's going to like distract and again like you said all of this stuff is so relevant these as coping strategies are so relevant but you know they're so loaded up with all of this shit that it's like if we actually could be in a situation in which we had a trust uh, that there was going to be enough for everybody and that um i was actually and like i i hesitate to use these words because they're so steeped in industrial wellness complex bullshit but this idea of scarcity and this idea of abundance you know when we're in the energy of the empress it is truly that pure abundance of nature itself as you described it being this full of life incredible exquisite um symphony of just so many interconnected forms of life and expression of expressions of beauty and all of these things um, that have the capacity for peace and pleasure and um, all of these different experiences and also the capacity for like excuse me mosquito fuck off i actually don't want to be out in the woods right now without a toilet um but you know as you say the things that we experience about those things those words scarcity and and abundance you know they're so warped you know what is abundance in our culture and again i'm speaking to this culture i can speak to is financial abundance and an abundance of things and this kind of consumerism and material abundance and that's definitely one form but you can be rich in so many ways that are not material and you can be rich in so many material ways that are not that don't have a price tag like for example i'm rich in this nature that i get to walk in around me or this park where i can go and 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 just be talking to the trees or looking in these flowers and when we're not actually in a relationship where we trust that there is actually enough and that there is actually this beautiful and abundant world around us and abundance of all of these things and when you know our, our very real circumstances that are in existence mean that maybe we live in a food desert and you know there isn't an abundance of food it's like you know that's not an accident 
And that's like a product of all of these things around all of these structures around. Um, And so of course, what we then kind of are invited into is this engagement with these sorts of quote unquote, like guilty pleasures and these things that do give us a feeling like we're giving ourselves what we need or we're giving ourselves a feeling of pleasure. It comes in this way that is a lot more grabbing and is a lot more, um, you know, I'm going to take all of it now because I don't know if, I'm ever going to let myself do this again, or I'm going to grab what I can while it's here because I don't know when the next time is that it's going to come along. Um, Or I'm going to drink all of the wine because I don't have this kind of relationship with that particular substance in which I have uh, an ability to kind of engage with it in this way that's a little bit more moderate. And again, that can be because you're in this highly addictive relationship and that's like you know a, a medical thing, but there's many, many other sorts of behaviors and engagements that we can have with, with things around us that do have that desirous quality um, where we're reaching and we're grabbing and we're kind of like m- losing this kind of uh, ability to actually relate to that in any way other than this kind of scarcity or, you know, the abundance needs to be claimed and brought into ourselves. We need to like take it in. And, you know, we talk about this Taurus and Scorpio axis, you know, Taurus is the, it really is the intaking and the eliminating function. So in Taurus, we intake through our mouth. It rules over the jaw and it rules over the throat and it rules over um, all of that kind of, you know, mouth, all of that part. And then, we, when we get into Scorpio, we're ruling the eliminative function. So we travel all the way down through and it's, you know, the place where it actually comes out. It's, you know, it's many other things as well, but it's how we actually eliminate things from our body also. So that, that energy, when we're in this axis, it really can be like the, the phrase for Taurus is I have, and the phrase for Scorpio is I desire. And so it's like, well, I have this, but I desire that, you know, and it's like oftentimes when it's out of balance, which, you know, can be an out of balance. It's not a personal failing. Again, it can be this cultural failing. When these things become out of balance, what it does is it actually can make that into this desire yet to just take and take and take or to intake and intake and intake and to reach and grab and to like collect abundance in these ways um, that actually are sickening to us, whether it's sickening and that, Oh, I got a stomach ache now because I ate all the cake. And again, this is not a moral fucking failing. Eat as much cake as you want. Like food stuff is so loaded. And so like, you know, wanting to just kind of honor that, there is no such thing as like a bad food, you know, all of the the things that kind of come from food are like very much loaded. Like, yeah, there's food that can make you sick um, because you ate too much of it. And there's food that can make you sick because it's literally poison. Right. But in terms of just morally speaking, and yeah, there are there's food that has passed through more difficult and um, destructive um, systems and structures to get to my plate. But ultimately it's like, it's a morally sort of like, neutral thing at the core of that and you know i want to just not kind of further pathologize all of this shit but you know in terms of like desire and consumption and like what it is that i want or need to take into myself or to grab it's like 
actually, yeah, we all do have really, really unique and different things that we like, that we feel pleasure from, that we get benefits from, that make us feel like ourselves. And the thing is, under structural capitalism, desire becomes homogenized so that it can be advertised to and sold. And so, you know, we get told what our desires are and we get told how much we ought to pay for them. And then we do and we hope that we are going to actually have that desire fulfilled. And, you know, when, when I actually go and buy the thing that I was told was going to make me happy or when I go and do what it was that I was told, like go and get your, get your nine to five job and have your job security and you're going to be great. And you're going to be like all these people that thought that was the case. Look at them under this, this pandemic. It was, it was an illusion. You know, it's like these companies that you've become betrothed to, you know, they don't, honor you they don't they're not your daddy they're not there for you at the time that you need them again like we we really have a a very diverse set of things that bring us pleasure and that honor ourselves as full souls and most of those things are not things that actually need us to pay a heap of money for um, or when we do, that it might come from a place of, I see that this is valuable and it is in line with my values. Like maybe it's that I buy one pair of shoes every two years. And so I pay $400 for that pair of shoes because I've done the research and I found that it's actually, that's very Taurus energy, right? Taurus loves nice shit. Taurus loves things that are luxurious, but many times it's coming through this energy of like, I value this and that there's some other kind of dimension that's in there. I value how it makes me feel, not necessarily just in this fleeting way, but in this enduring way. This is fixed earth and fixed energy is stabilizing energy. Taurus is the slowest mover in the zodiac. So we're actually really, really um, coming into this awareness that what is truly valuable to many of us when we're in this kind of energy it doesn't arrive overnight taurus knows that if you plant a seed it doesn't just grow yes some grow faster bamboo grows much faster than oak but that nonetheless each of those things is perfect and nonetheless each of those things requires time and tending and patience and that what comes quickly isn't necessarily what will endure and what is built overnight won't necessarily be there in the future and so we can get these invitations to come more into this awareness of what gives me enduring pleasure rather than fleeting pleasure oh my gosh venus hour that's beautiful you know what really like honors myself as this soul with values and also with a body because you know we've had so many really ridiculous and fucked up messages that have really like disconnected us from what it is to be able to experience to notice and to name what is pleasurable for us and to to notice and name and experience what it is that honors our soul and our our well-being in this much more kind of long-term way and that doesn't just you know give me that dopamine hit in the short term but that actually connects me to what it is that i am trying to build in a more um enduring capacity you know what it is that actually like connects me to my heart and to what it is that i um, love and that it, in loving that thing or that experience or that whatever it is that person that i actually show up 
again and again and again. And I do that in ways that are small, but that have this very long term and cumulative effect. You know, Taurus is a sign that accumulates and it doesn't have to just be accumulating possessions, but instead, you know, coming to more of these ways of um, what it looks like to be able to accumulate uh, what is of value to us without just doing so using those resources and those material goods as a proxy that actually are not connected to our values but that connect us to all of these hooks that we have from all of other people's values and all of other cultural values that are not necessarily um, ours that maybe never were and that really uh, prevent us from being able to to fix ourselves in that place that is actually going to allow us to experience this incredible abundance of what is around us, even at times when we are really contracted and at times, you know, when, when actually, you know, the soil, the soil isn't, isn't, isn't growing anything. And it's just cause it's not the right season. And that there, there is another season where all of that life will spring forth again. Right. And that there is a cycle, nothing can endlessly be in that place of, um, abundance but in order to sort of like get through the times that are more scarce we need to be in community we need to be in collaboration we need to be able to put our resources together again this is that Scorpio side where it's like well I have this you have that this is mine this is yours when we actually combine that maybe you know you have the seeds and I have the soil what if we put them together and then what if you labor half the time and I labor half the time and then when it comes time to harvest we, we, go, we go and we do it together. And then, you know, we get the work done in half the time. You know, this is what is possible when we're actually coming into community. What if I bring the bread and you bring the Indonesian, you know, um, immune tonic and you make this beautiful balm because you've got all these lovely oils. Like what is it that we can actually offer to one another and offer to ourselves and honor that we are actually capable and hardwired to be in these kinds of communities and cooperate and to come into loving receptivity in which we recognize that it isn't okay to only give or only receive because in that way we are out of balance and balance is a, a thing that isn't just static it is always needing to be calibrated and it's not an easy thing either it's you know one of the other reasons why you know these things can be not encouraged because it's a harder thing to really honor what it is. Well, maybe you have more physical energy than this other person, or you have a different kind of capacity to show up and labor than this person. And it doesn't mean that it's any less valuable, not that you are less efficient because you work in this way, or you have these gifts to share, but that you're just differently efficient or that you're just differently um, able to contribute to this abundance of skills, of resources, of, you know, what is in the material World and what is in each of us that we have to bring to bear on these communities and to do so in a way that is loving and that is just and that is actually building something that has the ability to endure in the long term um, and that doesn't just gratify us for the five minutes that we're doing it and then it's just gone or instead it just makes us feel worse afterwards you know whatever reasons because of our shame or just because you know our stomach hurts <laughs> yeah I really love that kind of bringing it around to what is a, a community-based abundance and using the word again <laughs> in a term of well-being and sharing and loving connection 
and supporting each other in ways that are meaningful and just and also personal so it's the the i that i have come to experience as a separate being that also is within this world and and within my communities and um yeah the the empress can be occurring in both of those um dimensions the personal internal dimension of the the self that is sometimes really scared and other times at peace and also like sometimes really unsupportive or or unkind to this towards the self or selves you know parts of the self the community within basically like the community within can be uh very fractured and unsupportive at times and can also ideally be moving towards dear self i love you i'm here to support you in what you're doing today well i'm feeling really upset about this okay let's talk about that or what do you need i need breakfast let's get breakfast what do you feel like for breakfast uh this well i feel like this okay let's let's talk about that and um figure out how we can can work together i mean that's gone totally off topic kind of but also it just kind of came into the internal community um i do truly feel like you know as we work with our own internal community to bring greater peace and support and care that we start bringing it into the world as well and and they like obviously like interact with each other deeply um our external communities and our internal communities but yeah i guess like in this time where we have a very strange world and any time because it's always strange whether it's covid or not if anyone's listening to this you know in the future how can we be bringing yeah the support of the support that we see the earth and the universe has for life um to ourselves um and each other i've really really enjoyed this conversation with you and i hope that it has resonated for others as well in whatever way it has and um yeah thank you empress Thank you, Empress. And yes, you absolutely do deserve to go and luxuriate and feed yourself. And it's something that, yeah, I hope that, like you say, we can all come into a better relationship, starting with ourselves in terms of how we might feel that we're worth and deserving of receiving what it is that nourishes us and how we might better be able to come into a situation where we can all trust and know that that that's actually something that we're going to have access to so we don't need to clutch and grab and and screech every time um because we're so scared all the time that we're not going to have enough or that we are not going to be enough to deserve what nourishes us and what nourishes us more than anything i think as a community and as individuals is 
love and not just romantic love and not just you know the 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 versions of love that we get shown on the television but true beautiful love that that just says i don't have any conditions for this you just are and so i love you and that's enough i love that i love you (laughs) (laughs) how beautiful what a nice place to end yeah enjoy your dinner and thank you for having this conversation with me and thank the empress as well thank fuck we're in the empress now instead of just being in um in the you know the very understandable but very difficult um feelings of the high priestess i'm excited for the emperor as well yes me too And we're in an emperor year. I'm excited as well. We'll see. We never know what's going to come up and out. (laughs) So it's always a a joy, isn't it? It is. And I loved your high priestess drawing. I loved it. (laughs) Oh, yay. Enjoy your dinner. Thank you. You too. What a perfect way to end the empress with like intaking Intaking, taking it in, luxuriating, loving, yeah, loving the body with these lovely, lovely nutrients and foods, and and enjoying it, pleasing my taste buds. Wow! Bye. Bye.